here we go. What is up guys, welcome back to a game of two halves podcast with me Glenn. And me Adam. We've had a lot of technical difficulties recording this episode so <laughs> please, please bear with us the fact that it's out late. So this episode we're just going to talk all about the Euros and let's get into it for the like sixth time. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully this time will go smoothly. Hopefully, hopefully. Now if you haven't already, well no one has, Check check out our Instagram, a game of two house podcast. You know, show us some support because this has stressed us out a lot. It would make us feel a lot better. We've we've been under the cuffs for for this week trying to record. Yeah, please, please, just do us a favor. It'll let us sleep at night, please. So let's get into it. So Italy have won the Euros. We said it. We predicted it. The one prediction we got right. <laughs> we did. We called it. We did. We messed up so much for like round of 16. And- yeah, we're finally, finally getting them right. So, did did you enjoy the final? Um, I was talking to a few people about it and they were kind of saying, oh yeah, it was a decent game. I thought it was quite boring. I suppose watching a game as a neutral, probably one of the worst things that can happen is an early goal is scored. Yeah, 100%. Because I think the team that scored is then more inclined to sit back and defend. Um, so I still I still enjoyed the game. Yeah, it, it, was, it was very mixed emotions for me because, you know, my boy Luke Shaw scores the opening goal. I thought it was a, it was a decent game. Not one of my favourites, but... Decent game. The result was the main thing, though, and, and I enjoyed the results. So, <laughs> so we are going to get straight into it. And I suppose we should kind of not review the game, but we should look back on the key moments of the game. Um, so, like you said, obviously, um, the early goal. I think it was, was it one minute, two minutes? Something around one minute 57 or something. Right, yeah, it was like right before the two-minute mark, Luke Shaw scores. Yeah. Um, And I suppose once that went in, I was kind of saying to myself, oh my God, it's it's actually going to happen. It's, it's, it's going to come home. I didn't really care as much as others who won. There's, there's been a lot of people on TikTok celebrating Italy winning, like... They're, like it was their own country that won the Euros. Yeah. Not going to name names in case, you know, they ever listen. In case we have them on as future yeah. guests. They, they, they know who they are. You, you took it a bit over the top. Yeah, some of the celebrations were a bit over the top, weren't they? They were. It was, it was embarrassing, to be quite honest. Some of them, I see it anyway, were, were a tad embarrassing. Yeah, it, 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 was, it, was, it was very embarrassing. Yeah, not a tad, very embarrassing. I'm being too nice there. <laughs> but, yeah, I think the game was very, very boring until, like, Italy scored. Well, yeah, that's when, that, I suppose that's when it opened up again and each of them had to had to go at it again. Yeah, I think the second half, the second half was much better. Yeah. England had the first half, Italy had the second half and then extra time, I think both teams were just playing for penalties. To be honest, yeah, I think both teams accepted it at this stage. Yeah. And oh, when Italy missed their first penalty, oh, I was yeah, it's coming home. A lot of lot of people were saying Jordan Pickford's a bad goalkeeper, but without him, 
they wouldn't have had a chance in that penalty shootout. Not a hope. See when Jorginho stepped up and it was literally score to win. I was saying, ah, oh, here we go. This Italy have won it. I'm like, he's he's only missed one that I can remember. And that's only because it was against us. It was against Liverpool. So fair play to Jordan Pickford. As much as I don't like him. Um, he he kept he kept England in it. That's why I want. Uh, that's why I put him in my uh, team of the tournament. You put him in the team of the tournament. I put him in my one. I do you know what though? And I know we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves because we only started talking about the game. But you know when I didn't agree with Donnarumma being given player of the tournament. Oh, me neither. I know he was great in the penalty shootout, but like <laughs> that doesn't make you player of the tournament. Yeah. So seeing as we're on topic of player of the tournament, do we want to get into like? Just their like reactions. So, who is your player of the tournament? Oh, um, I don't know if I have just one because there's a lot of people you can give it to. Like I said, I was very surprised with Donnarumma. Like Raheem Sterling definitely would have been over Donnarumma in my eyes. I think if he had a better final, I would have gave it to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I heard some people saying it could have been Harry Kane. <laughs> <laughs> it was he turned up too late in my opinion. Maybe. Benucci, I can't. I can't really go Chiellini because he missed. I think two games, so I'd go with Benucci. Yeah, I, I'd give. I'd give it to Benucci just because them two together have been unbelievable. Ah, uh, yeah, they're they're brilliant. Yeah, I'd probably go Benucci then if I had to. If I had to pick one, I'd probably go with Benucci. Or Chiesa, I suppose Chiesa mm, make more of a case for Benucci, but. When um when Spinazzola got injured, Chiesa really stepped up for, for Italy. Yeah, I've gone I've gone for Benucci for my player of the tournament. You can't go wrong with picking him. You you really can't. No, you you can't. Honestly, like there's no messing about with Benucci and Chiellini. There, what did I? It was a Jose Mourinho that said they could go to Harvard, and teach a, a lesson on just defending because they they they're that good. Yeah, like they're, they're proper old school centre halves. Yeah, there's there's no messing about with them. And you know what? Obviously, we don't we don't watch that much um, Italian football, so we don't really know much about. Well, obviously, we we know their names, but um, playing playing style wise, I don't really know that much about Benucci. But his passing, part like his his pinging it across the 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 pitch, like he's going halfway across the pitch, and it's like pinpoint. Did you see the amount of times Chiellini was like so close to the left back position? Yeah. I was like, why is he there? He's a centre back. <laughs> but that's just they play such a high line. Yeah, they do. Um Rio Ferdinand uh, no, it was a Frank Lampard, I think, um, in the pre coverage before the match, um, was saying they're an agent pair of centre halves. You know, um anyone with pace will get past them easily. But it just, that goes to show you if you're a centre half you don't really need pace because I think centre half is more about reading the situation and reading the game obviously if you have pace it helps <laughs> yeah if you have pace then you can kind of not lack lack on the other qualities yeah you can make you can make up for yourself like look at Kyle Walker he's probably not the best defender but you're not outpacing him like a 1v1 you're not outpacing him I put Dumfries in my team of the uh, tournament but Looking back, I I knew my team was so, like, not the team of the tournament. It's just people who I was impressed by. But looking back, I would probably put Kyle Walker in over Dumfries. Oh, yeah, he's he's in mine. Watching a lot of the games, he was just there. 
Like, and any time someone would run in behind, he would just make up for it. You weren't beating him. He was also good in the air at times, so you can't complain. Yeah. Oh, he was solid. Who who would you say has been, like, your young player then for the tournament? Oh, uh, Pedri probably from, from Spain. 100, 100%. He's the one that stands out straight away. He's only, what, 18, isn't he? 18 or 19, yeah. Because I remember watching him for Spain and just the passes he was picking out, like, he reminded me so much of Iniesta. I don't think he, he got much um, first team action. I think it, I could be completely wrong in saying this. But it was only nearer the kind of end of the season he started to break through, I think. Maybe. Yeah. Pe- Pedri was unbelievable for Spain. Like, he was probably Spain's best player. Oh, easily, I would say. Easily. And to get into... I know the, the Spain team is quite is still quite young. Um, but it, it still has a lot of... A lot of talent. Like, you have to... Used to get into a midfield consistent of, of Busquets. And I know Thiago didn't start, still quality player. You have to get into what's already a, a star-studded midfield. Um, and to do that, and to, what I would say, to have a guaranteed starting place, is very, very impressive. But you know what, Barcelona have um, you know wages a wages problem so Pedri if you want to come to United you know get off the Barca wage bill <laughs> Oi you just got Jaden Sancho leave some for the rest please No we need more <laughs> <laughs> Always need more Always always but yeah I think Spain could have been in the final if Ayor Zibal if that's how you say his name could finish And see that's the thing I know this the Spanish team is very young so there wasn't a lot of expectations on them going into the Euros. Yeah, no, I honestly didn't think they'd get as far as they did. Yeah, so to do that well, to go that far, it'll boost their confidence, but it'll also give them experience in, in a major tournament. So come the World Cup next year, they'll be more comfortable in that type of environment, if you get me. Yeah, they, they know what a, like an international tournament is all about. Yeah, they'll, they'll know the ins and outs of it, and... They'll, they'll just be slightly more comfortable. Now, obviously, the World Cup, I would say, is bigger than the Euros, obviously. <laughs> so there'll be new added pressure, and there'll be new nerves. But um, the experience they'll have from the Euros will, will go a long way, I think. Yeah, do, you know, do you know what's mad, right? What's his name? Roberto Mancini got Italy, well, won Italy, the Euros, Mm. But he couldn't get them to qualify for the World for Cup. For the World Cup, yeah. They didn't. That's I just like. I remember someone saying it. I think it was a commentator, and he said they didn't qualify for the last World Cup. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah. They didn't. Know. But then since then they've gone thirty four games unbeaten. Yeah, it's crazy to think about it. That that is some run for an international team. Yeah. It's very very impressive. I mean, Ireland could definitely go on that run, but not winning, losing. <laughs> 34 <laughs> beaten run <laughs> not unbeaten when we're losing to the likes of Venezuela Glenn and who was who did we who was like the the lowest ranked in the world or something one of them Luxembourg didn't we lose to Luxembourg but we drew a Hungary who almost beat Germ, who almost beat Germany and drew a France ah so that'll bring us up in the rankings definitely that'll bring us up you know Hungary are a great team but Enough about how we can't play football. <laughs> Let's talk about the, the the teams that can, the countries that are actually good at football. And we have just mentioned Italy. but And we've mentioned Kyle Walker already. But is there any other English players get into your team of the tournament? Harry Maguire. 
I have him down as my underrated yeah. player yeah. of the tournament. Yeah, 100%. I know he missed the first two games. Well, still, that's that's the kind of point I was going to bring up um, in this conversation. He missed two games, but who was who was the back pairing before Maguire? Was it Mings and Stones? Yeah. Um, you know, that was secure enough. And I think actually Tyrone Mings did a very good job. But as soon as Harry Maguire came back into that side, I think... He added stability and he also allowed them to play a bit more. His passing, I know a lot of Man United fans will disagree with me, but his passing out from the back for England is something else. Like if he'd done that for Man United, we would be be up there. He's not afraid to, you know... You know, in the sense of, of when you're you're transitioning from defence to attack, and the centre-half usually has to run through a pair of attackers, whether it be a striker and a winger, or a striker and an attacking midfielder. He's not afraid to go through that, ga- that gap between the two players, which I think in a centre-half to have shows the amount of confidence he has while playing at such an elite level. Like, to do that in, in, a, in a Euros final, he did it a couple of times against Italy, um, and to be confident running through it, shows a lot and we all know about his heading as well and he, he mm. showed that and he brought that right yeah. into the tournament and he crossed that went in he was he was clearing it he scored mm. from a header in, against Ukraine yeah to get them into the semi-finals and any, any cross Italy put in he dealt with it mm. Yeah, no, he was he was extremely solid in any game he played. We've been speaking so much about the team of the tournament. Why don't we react to it? I have it here. So, in goal, Donnarumma. Would you say Donnarumma was goalkeeper? Mm, no, we've kind of touched on it a bit earlier. I, I, I Honestly, I'd put Jordan Pickford in quicker than Donnarumma. I, I'm between Pickford and Summer. That's my two. That's I don't. a show, actually. That's a very good show, Summer. He made the most saves in the tournament. Yeah. Kept Switzerland in a lot of games they played. Yeah. He also made the decisive, decisive save against Kylian Mbappe to be France. Yeah, I'll probably go for somewhere then just because he's a bit more of an underdog than, than Pickford. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with Pickford just because he's the most clean sheets. And Well, yeah, you can't argue with that. Uh, right back, Kyle Walker. Do you agree? I personally would agree yep. with it, yeah. Uh, centre-back pairing, Benucci and Maguire. Again, two two players we've mentioned already, so bang on the money. Left-back, Spinazzola. Again, someone we've mentioned before. Probably Italy's best player before the injury, so undoubtedly I think he deserves to be in there. I'm a, Luke Shaw. I'm, I'm, I'm a disagree. I'm a disagree. It has, it has to be Luke. I'm going to put Luke Shaw in there. <laughs> no. The midfield, I went for a 4-4-2, but the, this is a 4-3-3. Okay. Hoiberg, Jorginho and Pedri. I can agree with two. Hoiberg, I'm a bit... Mm. I'd put bleeding Shaka quicker than Hoiberg, to be honest. Yeah. But we're agreeing on Jorginho and Pedri, yeah? Jorginho... Yeah, Jorginho. Un- very underrated. And then... A front tree of Chiesa, Lukaku and Sterling. Do you know what? I, I can agree with that. I can agree with Lukaku, but I'm still at the same time. Like, I why? I think... Why Lukaku? Yeah. 
do you know what? There was that many profilic goal scoring strikers. I don't think that I can remember from the tournament. I looking at like the top scorers of the tournament. You have Ronaldo with five, Schick with five, Benzema with four, Kane with four, Lukaku with four, Forsberg with four. I I was gonna actually suggest um Benzema before you mentioned him. Yeah, that's what I put him in mind, and that's why I would kind of agree. They both went out in the same round, both have the same goals. I think Benzema had a bigger impact personally. But just looking at the goal scorers here, we're right in saying there wasn't that many profilic top goal scorers. Like Robert Lewandowski, I know he's he hasn't got as good of a team around him, but only have three goals. So that was quite a shock. I'm just looking. No, I was going to see if Lukaku has more assists than than Benzema, but they both have none. <laughs> so yeah, well, I I think I agree with most of the uh, most yeah. of the most players. of it. You can you can get behind. You can agree with. Yeah, like I'm not saying Hoiberg uh, and Lukaku shouldn't be in it. I just think maybe someone else probably could have got in a but ahead of them. But Donnarumma, Donnarumma, I don't agree with. Neither do I. And I was shocked when he got player of the tournament at the end. Yeah, because when I watched Italy play, there's been he's come up he's come up with good saves, but I'd never say my word he has kept Italy in this. Mm. Whereas when I look at Pickford, you know, he, he commanded his box most clean sheets. Yeah. Again you you can't then, argue with that. You can't argue with that. Then you look at Summer, you're like, My word, he's saved Switzerland. Hmm. No, just cause just cause you win the thing doesn't mean doesn't give you a guaranteed place in it. So yeah, I'm with you. I don't really agree with with Donnarumma being being in goal for the for the team of the tournament. Yeah. So that is the team of the tournament. Let's move on to our favorite moments of the Euro. Hmm. Honestly, there's not that many standards. Yeah, there's there's been <laughs> there's there's not that many. Um, I liked when Ireland didn't qualify. That that was that was a great moment. You know, I'd say my favorite moment was the France Switzerland game. Yeah, that was a good game. That was also a question from Kane. What was our favorite game? And I think it just just because France were three one up, yeah. you're like, oh, it's over. And then Switzerland come out, scored two goals. They had a goal disallowed, and then they went and scored another one to equalize, and then beat them on penalties. Yeah, that that was a good game. I also liked the was it the Croatia Spain game that was the five three. Yeah, yeah, I liked that. That one. was a great game. That one, that was a great yeah. game. That's probably my favorite game of the tournament, to be honest. Yeah, I have my my, my favorite moment is probably Pogba's goal as well. Yeah. Just because I wasn't expecting it, I just seen him wind up a shot, and I go, "Oh, here <laughs> we go," and then, boom, yeah. top corner. No, that Pogba's goal, I remember that well, and it's one of the only ones I really remember well. Um, I'm gonna be biased here. Cause I'm a Liverpool fan, but I was delighted to see, to see Jordan Henderson get his goal. Not it's not one of my standout moments, but personally, 
Yeah. And I just really like that moment. Yeah, it, it, it was like me with Luke Shaw and yeah. his goal in the final. What has been your shock moment? Like a moment that just shocked you and you were like, what? Wow. Um, <laughs> probably France getting knocked out. Against Switzerland. Yeah. <laughs> it's my fav- favourite moment. Yeah. And most Probably shocking moment. France's very early exit. Or Portugal's early exit. But Portugal were against Belgium. And I had Belgium to win it. <laughs> to win that game. So. So I'm I'm not really surprised at the Portugal one. The France one was probably the main one. That shocked me. Yeah, do you know? Do you know what my shock moment is then? You know how the group of death had Germany, France, Portugal. All of those got knocked out. In the round of sixteen. That I, uh, you know, I'm saying I'm shocked because I w- I would have thought the winner would have from been that group, from that group. Yeah. Well, you'd look at it on paper and go, yeah, it has to be one of them. And it turns out it wasn't. So I'd say it's that that's my shock yeah, moment. And then fair. you could also say that what happened to Ericsson was very shocked. Like we were all we were all shocked. But I don't wanna use like Oh god. To use that to say it was a shocking moment, even though it was. No. Well it it was. It had the whole kind of football and world football and community in just complete like I know the word is shock, but so unexpected. Um, we won't get too much into it because obviously it's 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 a touchy subject, and it was it was very emotional. Um, listening to things about it and, and talking about it, but thank God he's he's made a full recovery. That's that's the most important thing. Well, looking to make a full recovery, got out of hospital and. And looks in good spirits, so that's that's the most yeah, important I thing. Yeah, I just I just hope I hope we see him back playing. It'd football be soon. it'd be really nice to see. I'd hate I'd hate that yeah, to be because it. I know Daily Daily Blind had the same problem and yeah. he still plays. So there is there yeah. is hope, and I really hope we With see a him bit back. Of luck. So we have a couple of questions to answer. Have they been sent in by our amazing viewers? Let's yep. go. Now. Two of them are from the semi-finals. Well, one one was from uh, after the semi-final, okay. before the final. And then one is about the semi-final, okay. England one. So was the England penalty to send them through to the final? Oh, the, the Sterling one? A penalty. No. Yep, no. was it a penalty? No, 100% not no. Chance. I don't even know what... The original thing was he got clipped... There, there was some impact on his foot and that caused him to go down. Then they scrapped that and they were looking to see if someone ran into him. But still, with either case, I don't see clear contact. So, not a chance. I see, I see clear contact from the clip, but he continued running and, and then, then was like, him. shit, I could have won a penalty. I'm gonna go down and then as he was going down he kind of like ran into a Denmark player well not ran like they kind of both ran into Mm. each other it was like a 50-50 
Yeah, that's that's not a penalty. Yeah, though, they, you know? they pro- I know a lot so. of if any English fans are listening to this, I don't think you will because of the title. <laughs> you know, all gone into hiding. But if you if you if you you know came out your we're not slandering you. No, they they will argue and say they should have had one on Harry Kane a few minutes before. Well, yeah, that that's fair enough. I still think but England deserve to go through. Yeah, but that particular penalty, I don't think was was a penalty at all. No, that's a, it. Was it wasn't a penalty? They deserve to go through. We're not hating. We're just answering a question. We are. Please don't come to us. And then another one about England. Do you think it was unfair for England to play all of their games except one oh, 100%. at Wembley? 100%. Now, I know I the don't... final was set in stone at Wembley, so fair enough for that. Like, regardless of who was in the final, that was being played at Wembley. But for England to have, like you said, all but one group game and all their knockouts. Oh, no, was it? No, one of the knockouts was in Rome. Yeah. Um. So they have all the group games... And obviously the majority of their knockout fixtures at Wembley. Of course, it, it it's an unfair advantage. Not that they did anything to get that. That was set in stone. That's what, what had to be done. But still, if you're playing England at Wembley, you're already going in like, oh, here we go. Do you know what? I think they were due to have a game in Ireland, in the Aviva. Yeah, but they were. Because we, we pulled out. Bleeding back out um, of it. Yeah, because we pulled out, they gave it to England. Yeah. To have at Wembley, which I don't think they should have. I think they probably should have. Like, I know I was talking to someone about it, and he said um, it should be just one country hosting it instead of multiple. Well, see, that's the way they would have liked to go, but of course, with with COVID and everything. But I suppose if they go there beforehand, and then just, just like, I know I'm going back to tennis, but with Wimbledon, they just had individual bubbles like they weren't Wimbledon the players weren't allowed to leave the hotel and they weren't allowed to leave the grounds when they were on court there were a lot of um, other teams travelling yeah like they they were travelling way 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 more than England yeah so it wasn't even like I think if you had it all in one country it'd be much better for Covid, but then again, you're having multiple countries' fans yeah. traveling in and into that country. For and that it. that was the main concern about having it in just one country. At least doing it the way they did, the fans were spread out more, and they weren't. But wait, was it was it not set in stone to be all over the world before before Covid? No, I thought it was. I thought it was before COVID. I they thought had nor- it, normal Euros are always held. Normal any international tournament is usually always held in one country, isn't it? Well, yeah. Yeah, no, I I remember because they gave it to Ireland. It was like. Oh, they did. 20... Of course, what am I saying? Yeah. Well, so I don't I th- know if I th- it would have th- been through that this... many countries then. Would've I think been. this was this was the first ever Euros that they had, all over Europe. Yeah. Well, and the UEFA president has come out and said they don't plan on doing that again. Yeah, no, it's too much of a hassle. Yeah. So we're going back to normal for the World Cup and then obviously the the, the next Euros as well. Like, if it is just in one country, like, it's not even... Like, if you're staying... Say it's in Germany. Mm. You can go and have a... Like, you can go stay in a hotel in Poland and just get a train 
Yeah. So you're not all going to be in, like, Germany for it. Yeah, they, they shouldn't have done it the way they did. No, don't agree with it. Don't like it. We've already answered favourite game, so shout out Kane for that. Thank you for your question. And then the last question, and then we can wrap it up. You know, a very, very short episode. But who were your underdogs before the tournament? Oh, I think you know who I'm going to say, Glenn. They're, they're in my heart. Sweden. They're in my heart. Forsberg was going to win Sweden to yours. <laughs> you know what? I think I was expecting a lot from Sweden when Ibrahimovic came out of retirement. But then yeah, when he got in- injured, I was like... I I wasn't expecting much then. I think we mentioned this in our first episode, but there was apparently a lot of uh, a lot of expectations on Turkey. Yeah, <laughs> and they just didn't live up to them at all. They they weren't my underdogs. No, they weren't. They weren't mine either. Um, but I heard mine a lot were, of people going on about mine. Them. Mine were Scotland or Wales. It's not a bad show, to be honest. Yeah, I thought Wales... I thought Wales would... They qualified from the group, mm. which is what I expected of them. Um, And then they then they got knocked out by Denmark. They got knocked out 4-0 by Denmark, yeah. Yeah. Could have done better though was, in that game. They did not. Yeah, I was expecting them to at least get to the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. I was also expecting Scotland to qualify and not finish bottom at one point. And it was against England. Um, I was expecting Germany to do better than they did. I see. I I was kind of the opposite. I was expecting. I know Germany didn't get far, but I wasn't expecting them to play as well as they did. Yeah, I w- I was expecting them to play much better than they did. Really. Yeah, I just thought this was the time for Timo Werner to step up. Muller, Havertz, Neuer, Hummels, Boateng, Kimmich, Gundogan. Like the whole it, Germany squad. <laughs> yeah, like they have great, great players that should have played better. Sané. Well, yeah, that that's fair. When you look on paper, the the team they have should be doing better. Um, but from where they were. I actually, they kind of exceeded my expectations. To be quite honest with you, especially was it the was it the Portugal game in their group that they won four two? Yeah, I was quite surprised at that one. See, that was the way I thought they'd play the whole tournament. I thought they would be France in the fourth game, mm. and I thought they deserved to beat them. I didn't really see much of France in that game I think there was like a couple of counter attacks I think we should wrap it up there a nice short episode we've nothing we've no more that is our our Euros done a nice short one for this week it's been a very busy week and of course with our technical difficulties we are still trying to get to a schedule (laughs) I just I didn't think we could have a proper schedule for the Euros because games are coming every three days like yeah like we were supposed to film this on Monday it's Tuesday now um, yeah and it's gonna so go up Wednesday everything I was going to say went out of my head so I've been waffling for for 40 minutes like a normal school day class but that is our Euros 
fully reacted, fully thought out. Um, overall, Glenn, this this Euros compared to to Euro twenty sixteen, the two ones we remember most well. How how does it compare? I think it was better. This Euros was better. Yeah. Oh no. No. I th- I, you know, no, I'll tell you they're on par. Oh, I'd say Euro 2016 all day of the week. Now, that's probably just because Ireland was in it. Yeah, I, that's why I don't want to say uh, 2016 was better just because Ireland were in it. But I really enjoyed that one. But I just, I just think the final was very underwhelming. I think the only thing I remember was Wales beating Belgium. <laughs> this is the only memory I have, and obviously Ireland. Ireland, yeah, I'd say that's. I'd say I'm being a bit biased there. That's the only reason I'm saying it. Whereas this one, I think I've enjoyed more because I've sat down and watched every game. Yeah, and I suppose we have a better understanding of football now than we did in 2016. Yeah. I suppose before we leave, we probably should mention um, what has happened after the final, and obviously all the all the trouble surrounding uh, Bukayo Saka, Marcus Rashford, and Jaden Sancho. What is what is your honest opinion on that? Because I, it's this, it's the scummiest thing. I think that could happen. It's disgusting. What's happening to them three young lads? If you're listening to this and you've said anything about those three players, anything racist, please don't listen. Please fuck off. We don't want you. You're a disgrace. Yeah. We don't want you. <laughs> I would rather have no one listen than you. <laughs> That's like, I, I suppose we can talk about all oh, the penalty selection by Gareth and, and all of that. Why Jack Grealish didn't take one, why Sterling didn't take one putting that amount of pressure on a 19 year old and all that all that shit but but your comments day, shouldn't not a be directed towards their skin colour like fuck it is disgraceful but, but you know what I loved the murals that the everyone mural put on this Rashford oh yeah man. when see that is what football is all about we could we could talk about all this like racist negativity in football we could honestly get a full episode Talking about how fucking stupid it is. We get yeah, more than an episode on the opinions horrible. we have. But what fo- like, and that's not football. If you're a football fan and you do that, you're not a football fan. Like, you you shouldn't be a football fan. What football is is bringing people together. Like the whole of Manchester going to that mural and putting nice messages for Marcus Rashford and Bakayo Saka, Jaden Sancho, the lot of them. It was beautiful to see. Yeah, it was beautiful to see. And watch football as much as football fans you don't really know much about it those fans do not represent like those racist fans do not represent football fans no and I suppose because it was from an England point of view obviously it was the Euros final biggest game um, going there was a lot of a lot of people watching that game that was probably their first encounter with football and I know it's a lot of celebrities, a lot of, like, literally every um, celebrity I follow, every English celebrity I follow on Instagram, their stories were at the, they were at the game, like, and these are people that have no more interest in football than the man on the moon, like, um, so if that's their first encounter with football, that, that's not, that's not football, 
what happened after that's not football I know we could talk about it all day it's a very very touchy subject but and we might you know what we we actually might because obviously it was such a such a um topic not obviously a very popular topic in the Premier League taking the knee and everything and and going into the Euros whether teams would decide to do it or not but nothing seems to be being done about it, about it. and that's the most disappointing part that it's had all this uh, all this publicity and still nothing is, is really being done about it so we can we can hope for the future be a bit more optimistic about the future but the three lads um, Rashford, Sancho and, and Saka Fair, you know what they were brave enough to step up and take one in probably the most pressure they've ever felt in their career I so, have so much respect so much respect so much respect yeah. like three three young lads stepping up to take that, those penalties in a Euro final that means so so much fair fair play to them they're I can do nothing but respect them they're three unbelievable talents that don't deserve the hate they're getting. For all the joy and optimism they brought to, to England, the, the country, the country as a whole, and to be treated with that type of, of behaviour after doing what they've done. Um, and even Rashford's, I know, with, with the meals for the schools, Sancho building homes, Saka um, being a voice for the young, young people in, in football. To be treated like that is shocking, but we could. It's all right, you know. Like it's all right when they're playing well, you know. They get praised by all these these fans, fan quote unquote fans. They're not fans. They get praised and they're like, oh, they played so well. But when when they you know make one mistake, people make mistakes. When they make one mistake, you know, missing a penalty. Anyone can miss a penalty. Literally, anyone can miss a penalty. Penalty is lottery. You can practice yeah, penalties. Ronaldo all misses you want. penalties. Messi misses penalties. Neymar misses penalties. It's part of football. Obviously, it's so hard to overcome it. I hope this doesn't stunt his development and his growth. Because it could. It's that big of an issue, it could. But. That's the one thing that frustrates me is that all these people who are you know, giving racist abuse to you know, the black players, like it happened with Martial, Marcus Rashford, it's happened with. Um, Tammy Abraham who, who else Raheem Sterling like these it, it knocks their confidence so much that Marcus Rashford it happened to him in a game and he scored in the next game and he couldn't even celebrate like he was just like you, you could see it in his face Mar- Martial scored twice they just didn't want to celebrate it just ruins it ruins it for them it ruins it for us like we see our idols like I've said Marcus Rashford is my current favourite player when I see him you know Score a goal, and he's just like yeah. And especially in in Rashford's case, that's his that's his boyhood club. Every goal he scores is is an honor, and is a childhood dream being lived out for him, and for him not to be able to celebrate it because of what his so and so fans are doing to him. Yeah, they're it's, not fans. It's it's upsetting, and I'm not gonna talk more about it in this episode. Because we're gonna go. But well, I'm gonna. It's just. 
it's horrible to to still be discussing in in the time we're at. But yeah, it shouldn't. His message on Instagram really was it was really really sad to yeah, read. It was empower it was powering though it was empowering to show that he's not he's not really letting it get to him or he's putting on a brave face. Um, and I respect him so much, obviously for what he does off the pitch, but I respect him so much for for that. So that's that's where I stand on it. And again, we could do probably a whole series on on this, but there's not much more to be said. No, it does not. We'll end it there. Um, so that is the Euros done. We've talked everything about the Euros for our three episodes so far. Um, next week, I don't know what our plan exactly is for next week, but it's not going to be the Euros. We're not going to drag it out. But you, you know, next episode we're going to come back and we're going to have a guest. So stay tuned for that. Oh, we're yes, we have a fun episode then. It's going to be a fun episode. It really is. Yeah, the story, the stories this man has about football, and maybe he can even um, he his project, his football project going on behind the scenes as we speak, he might be able to talk to us a bit about that, because I'm really excited for it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm really excited. So we will have a highly rated guest in our eyes, um, on our show next week. Well, our next episode. I won't jinx it. But thank you very much for listening. Um, Your support, as ever, is always so much appreciated. If there's anything you think we can improve on, please don't hesitate to let us know. Um, We're constantly working to improve the podcast, make it more fun for you guys. We're going to make it more interactive, which is going to start with bringing our guest on. Um, So again, thank you for all your incredible support. This has been a game of two halves with me, Adam. And me, Glenn. So stay tuned for the next episode because it's going to be a great one. We will talk to you then. Goodbye, everyone.